0: All right, welcome guys to the Problem Solver Politics live stream. We actually got a cool live stream set up for you guys. I am your host, Carden Ellis, with Cody the Oracle. Hey everybody, and... And we also have with us today one Heidi Briones, candidate for office for actually a Congress from Oregon's 1st District. Heidi, what's going on? Hey
1: everybody, everything's going really great. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, and she's rocking her Problem Solver Politics hat. I think you were in the first wave. You get credit. You're an original gangster, problem-solver politics hat purchaser.
1: Absolutely. This is signed, (laughs) officially signed by Cardin and Cody. It says, I love lesbians because I made them write that. (laughs) Um, That's my thing.
0: Actually, if I remember correctly, it was Lesbians for Yang. Look on the inside. You know, of your we wrote I love lesbians. Oh, yeah. I love I lesbians. lesbians bang, Twitter. Oh, that's it. funny. That's and hilarious. And also
2: beyond that, just a little bit of uh, a little bit of inside lore. You, I just in general have been one of our earlier fans. I remember seeing your name comment on our videos going way back. So I thought it was very cool. That's why I haven't we when we started? We haven't done interviews for what? I don't know I think the last interview we did we had technical problems and lost all the data and then a bunch of crazy stuff happened we could never get together so we the, and I'm like okay I'm done with interview stuff I'm tired of <laughs> the audio not working and that's why I've been watching you go from like I said I've seen you guys commenting on it and then just interacting on Twitter and now running for office I was like, when we start doing interviews you're the first person I want yeah. to reach out to make sure we had.
1: <laughs> No, you guys got me through um, you know the beginnings of the yang campaign for sure and all of that uh, when there wasn't a ton of content on there, you guys just brought it like hard, and it was amazing. When I followed you, All the right. whole journey. So it's been it's been fun, and now here we are together. It's great.
0: Yeah. So um, basically, you've decided to run for Congress, and this is one of the really cool things that we really liked about uh, the Andrew Yang campaign. That we actually had speculated in the very beginning that hopefully this would push the Overton window into um, you know more talk about UBI, and and you're obviously one of these. Now I'd say about. Wouldn't you say maybe about 10? We've probably hit double digits now of of different candidates that are running for uh, more local positions. Obviously, you're not running for president, but um, for local Congress, local state assemblies, um, local state senates, and so on and so forth that are really pushing this UBI. There's kind of like this UBI coalition that's developed. Um, of which Heidi Briones is definitely one of the, uh, one of the first out of the gates. So we wanted to make sure that we caught up and talk with her. Um, it is kind of weird. Now I'm like friends with these like progressive people. I liked my tribal life before <laughs> this whole, like following Andrew Yang thing. Like now I have to be friends with all these people They have, like act blue links. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to sign up for act blue. Got like, wash my hands. I'll send you a check. You know what I'm saying? But, um, she's a super cool person. I'll
1: give you my address. That's
0: yeah. Cool. <laughs> Rock on. So anyway, um, she's a super cool person that actually garnered a lot of really great great Conversation in some of our early live streams, so we wanted to make sure that we uh, had her on today to talk a little bit about her platform, a little bit what it's like being a candidate running um, for UBI, UBI, and uh, what the experience is like, uh, so on and so forth. So, without me saying anything more and without any further ado, uh, Heidi, just tell us like what made you want to jump into the race and and what like how did you go just from being the person you were a year ago to all of a sudden saying I like this UBI thing and I'm going to run for Congress on it. Like what was that process?
1: Yeah. Um, it's definitely a process in the making. I mean, there's obviously a tipping point and the tipping point was Andrew Yang suspending his campaign, (laughs) um, was my tipping point. And pretty much immediately after that I decided to declare, but going back before that, um, you know, obviously, uh, there's, there's some backstory, but, you know, I had a, we'll it. I had we got a degree time. in politics and I didn't necessarily get involved in politics. I thought I was going to be a lawyer and I decided to not do that, which was a good decision. And I went to Taiwan to teach English um, as a second language. So I did that instead, uh, became a teacher for the better part of a decade and Teachers don't make a whole lot of money. <laughs> Let's yeah. be real. So I did a lot of other things um, in between then. I, I built my sales skill set. Um, I drove for Lyft um, a ton. So I got to know the gig economy. Uh, when I was a PhD student, I would um, do freelance writing and sales jobs on the side to just keep myself afloat. Uh, decided to leave uh, my PhD program in linguistics and went up to Reno, Nevada and got a job at the Tesla factory. Oh, and that cool. was when I got uh, basically, uh, you know, introduced to automation. So they threw us on semi-automated lines where we were working uh, with machines, building battery models. Oh, no, Model you had 3. to be part
0: of the process. It's not even like they segregated the humans from the machines. You're actually forced. Like, did you, did you start getting that effect? What was that movie, Ex Machina? Where like yeah. a human will forget that they're dealing with a machine and start imposing a personality on it. I can't remember the name of the effect that it's called, you know, or like just like there's the Rorschach test. I can't remember the name of the test, but they're like supposedly there's a test where a human stops remembering that it's dealing with a machine and it, and, it, and it forgets that it's dealing with a robot. Did you ever reach that point where you just started like talking? <laughs> Did you name Not them quite. like in 2001 Space
1: were Odyssey? Pretty, you know, they weren't like that type of robot. They were pretty, they were pretty oh, okay. basic. They were basically like an, an assembly line that was, you know, automated and we would do our one little task, you know, our one super repetitive part to it. But it does get weirder than that. I mean, um, Elon would come by actually a lot, saw him like several times on my actual line, um, checking out what our processes were and how to make it more efficient. Well, one, cool. because we had a huge push for the model three. Model 3, Mm -hmm. Um, The battery modules had to get made crazy fast because everybody was like, they were back ordered. Um, So we were helping with that. And then also so that he could make his automated lines run because they were basically not running um, like he expected them to and smoothly. So they were basically taking feedback from us, from humans on how to make their automated line work. So even crazier than that.
0: Hey, how can we get rid of your job faster? (laughs)
3: <laughs> you know what yeah That's exactly
1: like a- yeah and for me it was like hey this is kind of a fun job for me to do for a little bit but a lot of my coworkers, this was like they moved from the midwest from the rust belt this was like their thing they were like i'm making 17 an hour now i used to make 10 bucks an hour this is amazing like i like i can i can actually afford things now this is great yeah. and i'm just like oh my gosh like they're gonna they're gonna get rid of your job Like this is, this is is sad. Um, So that's kind of when I got introduced to the concept of automation. And then I heard um, Elon Musk mention um, universal basic income. I heard, I think Obama in a speech mention it. I just heard certain people talk about it, got into it. I thought it was a fringe type of thing. Didn't really think it was anything that would happen anytime soon. I knew it would happen eventually, but I was thinking like 50 years, you know, out in the future. And then, uh, you know, ran into Andrew Yang's campaign probably back, I guess, February ish of last year started. He started popping up and I was like, what? There's somebody actually running on this. Like, is he legit? And then, of course, went down the rabbit hole (laughs) with everybody else, Um, watched everything obsessively uh, that I could find on him, read through all his policies. I'm like, this guy's legit. I like it. This is pretty cool. Let's let's see what we can do. Volunteered for him, created my little Lesbians for Yang deal. And yeah, just got so obsessed that the second he dropped out, I was just like, "Well, we can't stop here. Like, if we we can't be the cult of Yang, like we gotta no. continue this. You know, <laughs> like we gotta make this actually happen."
0: Oh, that's too funny. So, so uh, did you did you literally like just go on the internet and print out the 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 FEC paperwork that night? What what happened?
1: Pretty much, it was like the next day. I was like, "How to run for Congress?" <laughs> it was like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like that, and I was like, "What's the barrier of entry in Oregon?" And it turned out it was only a hundred dollars to get on the ballot in Oregon. So I was like, "Well, that seems extremely low." So I think I could do that, and so I just did that real quick. It's um, only a hundred bucks. Yeah, a hundred bucks, and then. But I realized that there's a trick to that. So yes, you can get on the ballot for a hundred bucks. Very low. Entry, but uh, to get into the voters' pamphlet where people actually read about you and know who the heck you are. Since we're vote by mail, everybody gets their voters' pamphlet, little booklet. That's $2,500. Okay, so like or- I'm
0: Yeah, it's three grand here in California. Like, okay, so that makes yeah. a little bit more sense. Do they get
1: you to and like
2: if- per picture and then like per No, words? no, for a picture,
0: it's more. It's such a racket. And the other thing is if you want it translated, it's $800 more per language. So it's like the smorgasbord fee that you can pay. You know, you're like, ooh, do I want to cater to the Vietnamese crowd? That's an extra 800 bucks. Like if you literally want to get the top 10 languages in Los Angeles and you're running for Congress, you need a down payment of like 10 grand, dude. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? It's gnarly. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool.
1: I got the signatures actually. It was 300 signatures was the other. You could do either or. So I actually got Yang Gang together. This was back before we were obviously living in a pandemic. Uh Um, But I got them all together in late February and we went out and we canvassed and we got the 300 signatures. So Yang Gang came through for me. The PDX Yang Gang was awesome.
0: Okay. So were you wearing your problem solver politics hat during the process of gathering signatures?
1: I got to admit no. it wasn't. I was wearing a math hat. i totally, totally kidding math with
0: you. i totally kidding you.
2: The math hat probably gets you more signatures. In the <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say, was,
0: probably a better idea. Um, so anyway, I have to read. I have to, can I, will you indulge me? And can I read a little bit of your About Heidi section? Because Please. this was so beautiful. I loved it. I really, really loved it. And I'm only going to scoff twice. I only found myself scoffing twice. (laughs) So if if I were a teacher grading this, this is like a 98%. That's an A, all right? (laughs) So anyway, hello, my name is Heidi Briones. I live in Hillsborough. I love the people and natural beauty of Oregon. I love that opening statement. It shows you're a normal person. Um, It says, I also love that Oregonians are open-minded and progressive. I've learned, uh, I bristle the word progressive now. That's my only bad one. Uh, I just, but I like you. And I love citizen politicians and you're a citizen. So we're going to keep rolling with this. I grew up in Southern California and often think, wow, Oregonians are what Californians used to be like. There's a lot of states that are like that now where you go to them and you're like, wow, this is as cool as California was in the 80s before we all ruined it. You know what I'm saying? Before corruption and homelessness and pandemics and massive illegal immigration topped by the fact that they're taxing us like literally to death. So um, and I'm not even going to get into that. But anyway, Um, Wow, Oregonians are what Californians used to be like. Always think of innovative ways to make tomorrow better. People used to say everything happens in California first, but to me that has changed. Now I believe everything happens in Oregon first. Um, I am not ready to seed that everything happens in Oregon first yet (laughs) from California. As a California myself, I'm not willing to seed that yet, but I continue. Because I identified this. Okay, I I really identify with your story here at just, just as a fellow millennial. You and I, I swear we have like the same story here. The story of how I became a political reformer is in many ways ordinary. That is to say, my life challenges reflect those encountered by almost every young middle class person of my generation. And what she's about to say here, audience, I felt, I felt in the core of my being at the same time. I have lived an extraordinary life, having taught school abroad for several years and coming to the understandings of the realities of global globalism. Allow me to tell you more. Like most people in my generation who were raised in middle class and working communities, I was taught that if you worked hard and got a great education, the American dream of prosperity and stability would be achieved. I was taught the same thing, Heidi. I think that was a great way to introduce who you were. And she continues saying, I believe those values uh, and got a great education. I earned a bachelor's degree from the University of California, Santa Cruz, then a master's degree. Uh, but the robust job market, I was promised, didn't exist. I graduated in 2007, Heidi. Yep,
3: four 2006.
0: Months. Yeah. 2006, yeah. You, uh, 12 months, me, six months before the crash of 2008, which Steve Bannon says is probably the single largest, most defining geopolitical event um, literally of our lifetimes more than 9-11. And I, I actually yeah. agree with him. I actually agree with him. Yeah. Um, and then you continue to say instead millions of Americans were losing their homes to foreclosure, and the federal government's answer to that crisis was to bail out Wall Street investors and ignore Main Street homeowners. D- this is where I think progressives and Tea Party people are absolute brothers. Like people say they're on the mm-hmm. abs- opposite on the opposite ends of the spectrum. No way, dude. That mm-hmm. I love that sentence. Instead, the federal government answers that crisis, which is bail out Wall Street investors, ignore Main Street homeowners. I have always had an adventurous spirit. So the absence of a strong job um, market made me easy uh, to accept jobs teaching English. And you went overseas to Taiwan and South Korea. And then you mentioned how that taught you a lot about globalism and how it's actually a very real, not threat, but real phenomenon. And then this is what I loved. You said, when I returned home, I left my life of extraordinary travel and adventure behind and joined the ranks of the ordinary. In other words, the underemployed. Oh my gosh. I was super educated. (laughs) You continue to say, and super experienced, but I still could not find a job that could help me pay my student loans and live in a decent and safe neighborhood. Screw the American dream of a dog, a picket fence, uh, you know, a a hot wife, a sports car, and (laughs) like a home on the beach. You know, like we're just asking for a decent neighbor uh, a safe neighborhood with a decent home and being able to pay off your own student loans and you couldn't get that so i worked in my um in my field and part-time jobs and low salary positions until i couldn't take it anymore i joined the gig economy and drove for lyft for several years was self-employed as an english teacher and still couldn't uh, uh, find the stability and then uh you you continue going on you know what i'm saying to um just talk a little bit about your um story and what made you uh, jump into the Yang campaign and things like that. But I absolutely love this because I think how pathetic our leadership is that we have an entire generation of smart people like you, like me and Cody, we're smart enough to start a freaking YouTube channel, get 20,000 followers and build, uh, from the strap of our boots. Your 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 mic's not
2: on. I'm about to say, is it an insult to say we're smart enough to start a YouTube channel? Or is <laughs> that like
0: a? Well, no, I'm just saying, you know, like we're not just some dude with a blue yeti microphone with a USB port into his laptop. You know, where you're staring up at his nose hairs. What's wrong with
2: that? It's basically, it's horrible. <laughs> the
0: production value is horrible. let basically where we are with just a few more steps. I hey, know I have much more pride of that in my channel. Okay, I take much more pride of that in my channel. But at the end of the day, our leadership is so stupid that you have full blown, or agro millennial males that are very talented like me wildly underemployed for a decade of their life. While our, my grandpa was practically losing fingers, working for the railroad, getting all of his social security, you know, by the time he was 18 years old, I mean, he was married with three kids by the time he was 25. I hadn't even graduated with 40 grand student uh, debt yet. And then you got somebody like Heidi, who's super small, lived abroad, speaks multiple languages, graduated from the banana slug university. That was your first bad call, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally just kidding with you. But anyway, I mean, she's got a freaking master's degree and then she's going out and do a job market. Uh, 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 literally propped up by a bunch of boobers who our entire lives said, oh, you got to go to college. You got to go to college. Yeah, for what? So I can yeah. graduate into your freaking economy that that sucks and does nothing for me and expects me to pay back loans that you didn't have to pay. You talk to the lawyers that are the senior partners in all of these law firms and they graduated from UCLA Law School with one grand in debt or else it was free. Now you graduate from UCLA Law School and you're 140K in debt. Anyway, I'm talking way too much. This is an interview with Heidi, not with me. So (laughs) I I just got to say, Heidi, mad props. Uh, I want you to go into details on your story, but mad props for this about me section, I I completely identified with that. And it's the leadership that has screwed us and created an entire generation of talented people like you that are underemployed. I want to know exactly how you intend to change that and what you're going to do. Because Andrew Yang himself said this city has a way of chewing up idealists and spitting them out. So what's the game plan?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be easy. (laughs) It definitely would be an uphill battle. I mean, it's not like Washington's going to welcome me with open arms and be like, yes, please come in with your fringe UBI concept (laughs) and not wanting to talk to any lobbyists. That sounds like what we... (laughs) What we welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, obviously it'll be difficult. It'll be really awesome if some of these other candidates can win at least, um, at least you know have a few so that we can build a coalition, so that when we actually you know are writing bills, we can actually work you know to get these things passed. Um, I'm totally open with working across the aisle, obviously, and you know doing the hard work that it'll take to flip some of the Republicans uh, to UBI. And it would be even better if some Republicans, such as Dan um, Larson in Montana, if those types of Republicans can get into the Senate. Um, I haven't heard of any running in the House on UBI yet. That could be wrong, though. I'd have to look up that UBI caucus website. But if we can build a coalition, um, it's going to be tough. But I think that we can get it done, especially post-COVID-19, now that it's actually, you know, the Overton window has definitely shifted. I think that it's going to be a topic of discussion, and I think that people that um, come in with UBI as their message, I think they're gonna have to listen to, to us and we're gonna have strong demands and we're not gonna be career politicians. Everybody in the UBI caucus that I know of, you know, is focused and mission driven and we'll figure out a way that we can get it done despite uh, the obstacles that will be ahead of us. But I think if you build a strong coalition you're willing to work across the aisle, You can do some pretty amazing things, especially since Andrew Yang shifted the window for us.
0: Well, actually, you know, I just thought of something in this interview that I'd never thought of before. Okay, so the Tea Party rose up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Type it to me. I couldn't hear what you said. The Tea Party rose up and, you know, they put a bunch of candidates in there and they they tossed out a bunch of... um, you know, uh, establishment guys and so on and so forth. But then they were just considered like far right and pinched hold the Republicans. And of course, then you kind of have the rise of the, the progressive movement, especially uh, much more high profile over the past three to four years, um, where they were able to toss out uh, in the Democrat Party a bunch of uh, high profile um, guy that was actually going to be the next Speaker of the House. You know what I'm saying? Um, but they're still considered like far left. We never actually have had a truly bipartisan coalition of young people. Like if there were a UBI caucus and you could say like, yeah, we got three Republicans and three Democrats from six different states. That's small, but that's really powerful. You know what I'm saying? Especially in an era of a generation. I come from a generation where everything is partisan. And if you don't think so, just watch the news about coronavirus. If you're a Democrat, you believe that it's America's fault and you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Trump started it somehow. And if you're Republican, you you think it was a biolab in Wuhan. You know what I'm saying? It, like, you can literally lead the headlines and see the exact same press releases. You'll two completely different results. So that'd be really interesting. Um, so I got two questions from that. Have you been in contact with any other UBI c- candidates? Mm-hmm. And also, what is the people's reaction when you go out there and you're like, hey, I'm a candidate that's really trying to, to push this UBI? Do people just look at you dupefied? What's it like?
1: Um, yes. Yeah. So number one, yes, there's actually a UBI caucus. I believe if you Google it, you could probably pull it up and it's, it is bipartisan. Um, it was started by a guy in California, Ryan Blevins, who did run for Congress. He didn't make it, but he started the caucus, which is nice. You can actually look up and see all the people that are running on UBI. And there's uh, mostly Democrats, but there's some Republicans there. So we do uh, stay in contact. We have, you know, multiple group chats that we're in. We have personal conversations. Um, I personally work really closely with, you know, Dan Larson in Montana, um, who's a Republican running for Senate on UBI and his team. I've talked to them a lot. So we definitely have (laughs) those relationships. And even though we can disagree on a lot of things, it's okay because we really, really agree on UBI and we're willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen. So that's, you know, one side of it. And I totally forgot the second part. Oh, the second question
0: was, so like now that you're running for Congress, I mean, I've helped guys run for Congress before and you show up to a bunch of really boring events and and, and you're just surprised. You're like, are these eight crusty people really the decision makers (laughs) for who endorse you know what I'm saying? The, The 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 X, Y or Z county you know, Republican council or whatever, or, you know what I'm saying? It just, it blows your mind how crappy some of these councils actually are. You know, we envision like, Oh, a fully functional FEC elected a group of, of, of individuals and public servants. And then when you show up, I mean, it's worse than a retirement villa. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, so what, what's it like when you go to a lot of these events and things like that? Um, do you feel there's a general understanding of UBI? Mm -hmm. Do you feel that you kind of just have to explain it to a lot of people? How's that go down?
1: Yeah, uh, well, unfortunately, I've been mostly campaigning during coronavirus. Oh. <laughs> so I haven't gone too many events with the crusty, the crusty folks. but uh, when we were canvassing, you know back in uh, February before, you know, shit hit the fan, so it'll say. Uh-huh. Uh, we did have a lot of conversations. Um, we had some pretty interesting conversations with like some older people about UBI. Uh, They all knew what it was. Like Nobody was like, really, what is that? I think maybe we got one lady that was like, explain to me what that is. But most people knew what it was. Um, They were somewhat familiar with Andrew Yang. They were like, oh, yeah, I kind of liked him, that kind of thing. They're like, I'm not too sure about UBI, but, you know, I I don't know. I'll think about it kind of a thing. Or some were just on board. Um, So I think that Oregon is um, a little bit ahead of their time in a lot of ways. And we do live in a pretty – open-minded kind of area around here so you got nike here you got intel um you know i'm not in a super rural area so when i'm canvassing over here people are pretty aware um and some of them you know i get supporters that like me for all different reasons some of them just like my general vibe Uh, some of them like me because i'm openly gay and i'm running and they think that's cool Um, there's all kinds of different things and then i can lead that conversation into yeah but i'm running on universal basic income and they're like oh interesting and I'm like that is kind of a good idea. Now, especially with coronavirus, when I brought it up to people, they're just like, yeah, I definitely think we should have one right now, like for sure. <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, and then maybe continue it on after. I don't yeah. know, but for <laughs> sure right now. That's and not a like, tough okay. sell. So the conversations are getting easier and easier um, as we go through this. Yeah.
0: So like, has it, it's so interesting you say that I'm campaigning during uh, coronavirus, like right when people have basically received their first UBI check ever. I know the Trump checks are stimulus. It's not UBI, but really yeah. it's the first check from the government that somebody has received in an unconditional manner. In my adult life. Since the Bush one, but I was barely an adult. I I was barely an adult.
2: (laughs) I didn't get it either. I'm just saying, technically, W did give people, (laughs) was it 500 bucks? 500 bucks, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it was was
0: 600, actually. I remember getting 600. That might have just been because I was a registered. Gotta look out for W. (laughs) I think he gave out (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. So so we got some super chats. Cody, hit, hit the super chats. We got
2: some questions. Okay, cool. Well, um, you got to put the camera on you too. I know. First it's been of on of me this all, whole time, and I'm feeling awkward. Uh, shout out to uh, Captain hey, Kel Cody. Diggs. There you are. Yeah, so I'm still here. Shout uh, out to Captain Kel Diggs. Super chat said Heidi for governor of Oregon. Hey, or hey. also, you guys might be, we were talking about it, you might be folded into. Hold on, we'll talk about that one second. I want to get to James Abrams, also $50. What's up, guys? What's going on? And sub, Heidi, you rock a uh, Yang Yang. Currently on the New Jersey to West Virginia near Kentucky line, 82 miles away. We'll listen. Can't type back. Roland PS this was pre-typed try to like start <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much him, um, James but- I love James thank you James he's <laughs> one of my best supporters
1: he's awesome Oh yeah no, he's a very
2: cool guy yeah. very cool I mean that's one of the cool things about It's kind of one and two things about and I think what's led to we were just talking about the UBI caucus I'll throw it back on screen so you can kind of see these names of people right here That was one of the things I wanted to kind of ask you about was what We talked before about when you kind of decided to run, but there is definitely I've I've had so many people, you include some people just speaking. It's almost like running on UBI, but not just UBI, universal basic kind of the kind of the, I don't want to call it Yangism. I don't know the word for it yet, but kind of like the Andrew Yang idea of the, the future of politics, and I'm wondering if there's been anything over the, now obviously the, the UBI during the um, pandemic, but just as you've been going through the process, it's kind of one thing to say, I'm going to run like on Andrew Yang's, not his whole platform, right, your own ideas, but I'm going to bring UBI and kind of what he was talking about, but has there any been kind of moments along the way where you realized like, holy cow, I kind of that was why that was one of the things people were talking about nine months ago as you're kind of putting through your whole uh, platform if that makes sense
1: um you mean just like in like in his general overall philosophy if that's well just anything that like- you've
2: noticed over the over the months as you're kind of you know putting together now mm-hmm. your um platformers moving forward where it's kind of like
1: yeah. oh holy cow yeah now
2: i do know why i'm x y and z have kind of come together in a certain way i don't know i feel like it's one yeah. thing to look at something another thing because i've seen just so many people that, that have been just inspired to run where they're just like you know what to hell with it i'm just gonna go run and make this happen it just kind of over time think pieces that have fallen fallen into place i guess
1: uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I guess it's it's sort of what Carden was reading about my story and how that connects to so many people. I mean, I'm really just telling people my story. That's really all I'm doing. And people are like, yep, yep. Like, nobody's like, oh, no. Like, we send out these emails about my story and we'll have people respond that are like moms and older people. They're like, yeah, my kid's going through that. They're, they've been struggling. And they tell me they're underemployed and that it sucks out there. I'm like, and I hate that for them, you know, and it's like, you know, they everybody's connecting with it. So I think it's more that overall just message that he tapped into that's so human. Mm-hmm. So I think it is the humanity forward, humanity first, whatever you want to call it. I really think it's that. It's this core to our humanity that we don't see in politics that's just so real.
2: That's very cool. I think I saw one thing I thought was interesting was uh, I forgot who said it. I feel bad. I don't remember who said it. Uh, hopefully, it wasn't you. I'd feel really bad if I forgot it was you who said yeah. it. But someone brought up um, it was something Andrew Yang had done. We're talking about something, and someone's like, oh my God, who let like an empath run for president, right? Like, who <laughs> let somebody like who actually like, that humanity first kind of start run for president? So I think it's really cool you say that. So the second thing I want to get into, I want to ask you about one thing that's interesting for you guys. You're up in Oregon, and Oregon actually has been, I think, 96 predominantly vote by mail I mean the idea of voting by mail has mm-hmm. been just how things that like you mentioned before everyone gets their booklet so it's different but has there been any ways obviously it's interesting for you because it's like your first campaign you've run but kind of what are some of the interesting ways you've had to pivot into now learning how to because there is no playbook I don't think for how to campaign during a pandemic you can ask somebody well what should I do yeah. well go knock on doors go <laughs> shake hands go kiss babies can't do any of that has there been anything you've kind yeah. of noticed Like, okay this is working aside from doing podcasts and stuff like this where it's kind like, I don't know. How do you pivot during the um, the pandemic, I guess, running for any office?
1: Yeah, I mean, luckily, um, it all sort of is a perfect storm because uh, most of my volunteers are gang gang and they actually do better over of digital. Okay, <laughs> so right I think it might have been harder to motivate them to, like, get out and knock doors <laughs> with me because they're not like the typical, like, progressive, like, grassroots you know bunch necessarily they're more like i'm on the internet and i'm i'm Uh gonna i'm gonna help this so we've done a ton of text banking which has been um one of the number one things so far that's worked uh very efficiently for both fundraising and voter outreach and then also we've done facebook ads that are performing really well because my message was just so timely like i was talking about this before it happened so literally now i can be like hey wouldn't it be cool if you had somebody in Congress that was proactive and had thought of these ideas before? <laughs> like, like this all went down and we already had UBI and we already had like these, these things set up. Wouldn't that be nice? And it comes from a very genuine place and people can connect with that. And they're like, that person makes a lot of sense. So I think that, um, you know, harnessing the Yang Gang's talents and getting them involved digitally and they've made me graphics, you know, they've helped me with my website. Um, they've helped me set up text banking. Um, You know, Facebook ads, videos, editing, all kinds of things that they've helped me do. I mean, if you saw the video that um, Andrew Yang retweeted, where I was calling for volunteers, I mean, that got like 30,000 views. That was a pretty good one. So I think that, you know, we've been able to harness it really well. So I think it's going really well. I mean, it's kind of tough because there's no polls or anything Uh um, or real data. But um, so far, we have a really good response.
0: Well, that's what that's the other thing I was going to ask you is is obviously you're not a Democratic Democratic establishment candidate. And I don't know necessarily what the demographics of Oregon's first district are. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Pretty blue. Pretty blue. Okay. Mm -hmm. Solid
1: blue. Solid (laughs) Democratic. Yeah.
0: Oh, No, I'm just kidding. Oh, well, good. <laughs> so, there's, there's, there's it's better
1: than a solid red. Yeah,
0: so, exactly. So anyway. Well, no, it's just that oftentimes more fun districts. Like our district is actually pretty fun because it's 37 registered Republican, 37 percent registered Democrat, and then like you know 20 some odd percent registered independent. So it's a fight every election. If you're in a spot where like you know if if you're 20 years ago when we were solidly red, if you were a Democrat in our town, it sucked. You know what I'm saying? Because you just knew you're going to lose. Yeah. Uh, so the the other thing is. Um, So okay, so your area is mostly blue, which means there was already somebody lined up to run in this race. And it was either an incumbent or else it was somebody who has, you know, already been in the party, already been an establishment player. We have already like what's your biggest competition?
2: Oh sorry, I apologize, stepped on your answer. Yeah.
1: Suzanne Bonamici, yeah. Okay, so so are
0: you getting flack from the establishment for running? Are they just ignoring you as a fringe weirdo candidate? like what's what's
1: yeah like literally uh, what's going on slack. like we've gotten like some weird emails where people were like how dare you run and then i had some weird guy that found me on twitter and then found my email and was kind of mildly harassing me for a second for running against an incumbent during coronavirus he's like how dare you run against a democratic incumbent she's trying to do things for our district during coronavirus okay, and i'm yeah. like she hasn't done anything. She's been in there eight years. And that's why we're struggling. Why wouldn't I run against her? Come on. Like, that's ridiculous. Like I'm primarying her for sure. Come on.
0: So what are your main arguments against your, what's your main arguments against the incumbent candidate? Is it just like, Hey, they're sitting on their duff, not doing anything or, or what's, what, what's
1: there's that she's, um, yeah. I mean, mostly it's just, I mean, she's been in politics for 13 years. Um, most, People that I talk to that don't like her just say she's very blah, doesn't really do anything. They don't like vehemently hate her. A lot of them, some of them do, like if they're very far left, they might just vehemently hate her because she's a corporate Democrat. You know, she takes corporate PAC money. Um, you know, she's not afraid to take uh, corporate money and all of that. She just kind of just, just kind of coasts. Um, so a lot of people are just kind of over it on when I talk to them about her, my beef with her is that she's on the, uh, I believe it's called Space Science and Technology Committee. Okay. And she's never once mentioned job displacement by automation that I could find. And she's literally on the technology committee. So that's like very disturbing to me because even if she wasn't pro-UBI, you got to have that on your radar. And, and, uh, so and that's... You- that's what i'm
0: talking about and that's also one of the biggest most heavily automated areas i've been to these factories yeah. our district is one of the number one defense districts in all of the world in fact buck mckeon our old congressman was head of the house armed services committee because every major factory for northrop boeing rockwell jpl all that is in our district okay and and when you talk to these guys and they build a new factory I've known a lot of these executives that are in a lot of these different firms and one of the first things they did was they talked to Ford and GM and the major automotive producers and they said, "Hey, we're going to build a factory to build the, the F27 whatever airplane, you know." And they said, "What recommendations do you have us? Uh, do you have for us?" And 15 years ago, these executive friends of mine were saying, "Yeah, their first recommendation was ne- go robot go robotic. Whatever amount of money you have to invest into robots, it's more worthwhile than HR. And we have to have at least 40% of our assembly line be human beings. And let me tell you, that 40% costs us more than all the robots combined in a decade. Between getting sick, lawsuits, union violations, sexual harassment allegations. You know, the number one bit of advice that the automotive industry had for the production of its cars giving to the executives of the defense industry in, industry and manufacturing their airplanes and their drones was get rid of the humans. You know what I'm saying? So if you're having an opponent who's not recognizing that like the largest industry, at least in, in my district at that time, besides maybe entertainment and Hollywood, you know what I'm saying? That The largest industry, their primary recommendation from GM and Ford is to automate, then that's 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 just a huge dereliction of duty. Either that or it's just mondo naivete from a rich corporate Democrat who literally yeah. like is just detached.
1: Yeah, probably more of the detached thing <laughs> is the vibe I get from her. Um, she seems like a nice lady. She just seems like nothing wrong with her. She just seems like a typical rich <laughs> corporate
3: Democrat. <laughs> to be honest,
1: just, I think I looked her up and her husband's a judge. Um, some kind of high level judge, and she's got like a six million net worth, which is like six times Andrew Yeggs, I think. Wow. So That's I pretty mean good. Yeah. you know she's she's pretty cushy. She's yeah. got a nice little setup. um, and she sees it as a career from what I can tell. Um and she cruises on through and gets tons of money. She's got like four hundred k. Cash
0: on hand, <laughs> oh, really? you know, Even, and
1: I've got whatever I have, 4K. So yeah. it's just like, you know. So are you making headway?
0: That's what I was going to ask. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there's plenty of people that have come from behind. it I've seen so many success stories of people where it was just like, this was the time and this was the place to make change. Our own district. You know, yeah, our own district. I mean, Katie Hill before she ended up being a disastrous, yeah. <laughs> you know, the explosion. campaign was better like in Katie Hill's district.
2: Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, she won. The campaign was better than perhaps. I don't know if the, I call it a district
0: until we get somebody reelected. I just call it our failed state. Was you it know, like Cank,
2: did Jank run there? Yeah, we
0: tried. Yeah, we.
2: Oh, okay. Same we're in with clown car. Same with yeah. Same with Papadopoulos, Papadopoulos, who went to jail for not for not ratting on Trump or something. I don't know what he went to jail for something. I don't. Uh, but oh uh, but so we had Jank
0: Uger, the guy who fell on his sword for Donald Trump <laughs> running yeah, for some reason. We <laughs> had the volcanologist that I voted for. There was a Democrat who was actually a really cool Just chick Phoenix. named Jess Phoenix, and I voted for it because I always love Jess Phoenix. I, I love citizen politicians. So is in the primary. Um, it wasn't in the general, but I voted for her in the primary because I want to boost that girl's profile. She was cool. and um, and then, yes, yeah, so we got Jank, We got Papadopoulos. And then we got Katie Hill, the only girl that's actually had an ethics violation landed against her. Well, from well, she
2: but she didn't run uh, running actually. Uh, we're not gonna get in twenty fifth something, but-, <laughs> but hold on. one thing on something like the sign of question, I want to ask you something because you would be running to represent Oregon as a um as a uh, congress representative. What is your stance on the recently? Uh, recently formed Western States Pact <laughs> that would encompass California, Oregon, and Washington. Because someone was asking in chat earlier, it kind of ties in, someone asked about...
1: Cascadia. Yeah. yeah well, this right. would
2: be kind of like the, this would be like, a, it'd be the Western States Pact, because you want to get <laughs> Canada, you'd you, you get all the way down to the southern border of California. But because part of the reason why this is being formed is to help reopen the states, and someone asked something in the chat about what your stance and our stance in general on reopening the country now is. So I wonder, would that be something you would support just in office? Because right now it's coming as a big thing, uh, obviously, is the states, would you support states deciding basically across the board when they should be reopening as opposed to a federal reopening or the the inverse? I know it's kind of a big question, but I just mean, because we're seeing stuff happening like California, Oregon, and Washington making their own little pact and saying, we'll reopen when we're ready, thank you very much. So I'm just wondering your thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think that if the states are doing a good job and they know the data and they're actually testing people and they can actually be like, hey, we're ready, like this is our curve, <laughs> then I think that they, that should be their right. But if they're literally doing no testing and they're like, woo, let's just go, then I think that's a little irresponsible. <laughs> so I think we have to look like kind of state by state and situation by situation and look at actual data and be like cool you've tested zero people in the last 30 days that's a problem like you have no idea what's going on Mm -hmm. um so i think it's not as simple as just like yeah let him do it or no don't that's we got to look at this more pragmatically, I think. It's like it's more complicated than that.
2: All right. Very cool. So then uh, and then also so in general, do you support the idea of the, the Western States Pact encompassing? Because we, we would be uh, brothers in arms, so to speak, yeah. uh, yes.
0: in the Western I States, mean, States Pact. We will I would fight like to for Miss Briones uh, in Oregon.
1: i for the president of Cascadia right now. <laughs> I will run <laughs> <It's> <laughs> president, as soon as we open it up. Um, no, that'd be awesome. That'd be dope. I mean, obviously, I lived in California, so I'm used to, you know, talks of like, we should secede, or there should be NorCal and SoCal, or, and then I lived in Santa Cruz, which like talked everybody talked there all the time about being their own country. We're like, we're just going to be our own country. And I'm like, shut up. Like, there's no economy. Here. <laughs> but, like, like, but you know, so I've lived in lots of places like that, but I got to say it would be epic. I mean, what if we had like, um, you know, a high speed rail from like LA to Seattle or San Diego to Seattle, you know, like that would just be just amazing. And it would be the most kick-ass country ever. So I definitely support it in theory, and I'll definitely run for president of Cascadia. Um, pragmatically, I don't know how it would happen, but yeah, I support it. I support Cascadia. That's oh, very
0: cool. That's, That's funny. Good. The, the Republic of Cascadia. Now, yeah. here's the interesting thing, though: if she were now the the the, the first female president of the Republic of Cascadia, and well, first that, of
2: many different types of presidents. Yeah, of <laughs> I would like, say, well, then she'd have beef
0: with that Marcus guy. That had sent that uh, that that open video to the oh. Islamic Republic of Iran and declared himself yeah. the future president of California. So what no. if from Cascadia president there was of a
2: this? Not of California of Cal Exit.
1: Oh, of Cal Exit. Separate yeah. story. I'm sorry. No, he I said,
0: I am the future president of the new okay. Republic of California,
2: the independent Republic of California. It's a separate story. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: would be Let's go. I guess, I'll run against him. Let's yeah. go.
2: That would be one of your first I guess one of your first actions as president of uh, of the new uh, Western States pact to stop it in California from then seceding again again from the Western <laughs> States. There yeah. was one thing to that like, We've had enough of this now. We're succeeding again. But then uh, I guess just to get back in a little bit more serious. Uh, in general, I want to ask, because I'm wondering how – what has been going on for you as a candidate? Because I'm sure, generally speaking, they would organize. There'd be some state lo- and local level events that a candidate like yourself would be appearing at. I mean, there'd be all kinds of things coming up in the next few months. You'd be trying to go spring festivals and stuff. With all that shut down, has there been any communication? Or have you been able to find anything from the state on what they're going to do with these upcoming elections? Are they Are just going to say, well, people got the pamphlets. They'll vote through those. I mean, has there been anything they've been trying to say about setting up virtual town hall events? Or has that kind of just been like, hey, look, we're not... There's no public events at all, guys. So you're kind of on your own.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was weird because right before it was declared an actual national emergency, I was getting all these emails from, you know, like the Democratic Party, like come to these events and it was always super expensive. So I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> like five grand and we'll put your name on the thing and you can schmooze with all these like big wigs. And I'm like, cool, not really my scene. Um, so I was getting some of those um, you know things, and then it sort of just stopped. And uh, the only thing I've seen as far as virtual town halls uh, was, I believe the incumbent's done a couple. Uh, I believe she's had some virtual streams. I don't know if anybody tuned in, but <laughs> but I believe
0: she's had a couple. So so here's my question: what what keeps you from just getting stomped? I, I mean, like I, I, obviously you're the underdog, okay. Yeah. Obviously you're the underdog. But David was the underdog too and he walked out with Goliath. And 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 the, the the orthodoxy of the time was presented by his father who was king or one of his friends who was king and said, "At least use my armor." And he's like, "No, no, I won't use my armor because I got the power of God and I got this really cool sling." You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, the, the famous story is that with the sling he knocked out Goliath, right? So like, what's the sling? How is this not a story of this Fun little lesbian running around promising free money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They'll ultimately get squashed by the establishment and a bunch of old boomers that are like, ah, who's that kid? What's yeah. she doing? What is she, one of those vegans from UC Berkeley that moved up to Oregon's first district? You know what I'm saying? Like, So so what keeps you from just getting stepped on like a little bug with four grand by, by the, 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 the the corporatist who's got 400,000 K in the war coffers and can just like accuse you in negative Facebook ads of something heinous and run you out of town. Like what yeah. what um, is your sling? What's your David and Goliath sling, Heidi?
1: Totally. <laughs> well, one sling that I have is that she's not gonna campaign or try at all. So there's all, there is definitely an opening for a dark horse candidate here.
0: Like an AOC victory. Um, she's not
1: victory, gonna try. Huh? Um, She's not going to try my personal sling, I believe, is my message. And Oregonians do read their voters pamphlets and they sure as hell are going to read them now that they're stuck at home and got shit else to do. They're going to open their voters pamphlets. They're going to read about this little lesbian trying to give away money. (laughs) And they're going to look me up online because this is what they do. We're super nerdy here. They actually take their voters pamphlet out. I've talked to people and they sit Uh down with their family and they Google the candidates. And I'm going to have a pretty powerful message. I mean, if you look at my website, even versus the incumbents, um, looking pretty good. I have tons of interviews. If you look at my interviews, I have so much. People could do a deep dive into Heidi Brionis that they cannot do into any of the other people running. Um, I do have two other people running um, against Bonamici with me, I guess. We've actually talked a ton, and we're kind of building a coalition among the people to take her down. Oh wow. Um, so basically they're going to look at the people that are running and they're actually going to sit there and have the time and have an informed decision. And they're going to see a lot of cool stuff about me and really jack all <laughs> about everybody else. So I'm basically, my sling is my message and my sling is unfortunately the situation that we're in giving people that time to actually do that research that they normally will do times 10 and vote by mail. I mean, all of this combined creates,
0: opportunity for me Yeah, see, I was going to say what's so interesting is um, I don't in my mind I almost view coronavirus as being a big flattener flattening a playing field because no matter how much money you have to go out and hold a big rock concert you know what I'm saying with this you know band that shows up and you have this big free event that just happens to be conveniently across the street from the registration you mean like the strokes? you know Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Exactly. Like, I mean, we had a big one over here where Kanye West. No, sorry. There was that big one in Detroit where Kanye West did it for Barack Obama in 2008. Oh, yeah. It was like 10 years ago. Like one of the biggest political rallies ever. Kanye West was the headliner. And it just happened to be conveniently across the street from like 50 voter registration booths. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Well, those kind of high dollar events that the people with 400K can pull off. You know, we've all seen them. These uh, lavish fundraisers, the wine caves, the five hundred dollar a plate <laughs> McDonald's burger meals. You but know what the I'm the saying? Wine cave,
1: yeah, right the wine
0: caves. yeah. So, so like they obviously, got those up
2: there in Oregon, they got wine caves. They yeah, got wine caves. Well, there's a lot of wine
0: in Oregon, so yeah, they
1: probably
0: have a wine cave somewhere. I guarantee it. Yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I view is is has coronavirus really been kind of a flattener? Because now, no matter how much money you have, you can only spend that money basically on Facebook ads. Um, But at the end of the day, those Facebook ads just drive traffic to a lot of these sites that show you who the who the candidates are. And ultimately, you end up just looking them up on their website. And that's a big equalizer. That's a great equalizer. So has coronavirus kind of equalized the playing field or do you feel that people with more money still have a big advantage? Like, I know you've never run a congressional campaign before, so you don't have anything to compare it to. (laughs) But like, has it changed any of your strategy? Do you feel like something's working? Like, how has coronavirus actually affected that?
1: I mean, yeah, the data that we have shows that what we're doing is working both from Facebook ads and text banking so far very effective. And I think, yeah, the fact so many different factors have leveled the playing field and the fact is, is that people, you know, realize how fragile our economy is right now and they realize that Congress hasn't done crap about it, including the incumbents that have been in there for a better part of a decade. So I think that <laughs> I'm relying on them um, to think. Um, and I have a lot of faith of the people in my district. They're actually pretty savvy um, as far as the conversations that my volunteers have had. So basically, you know, we can still reach them in their homes. I have phone banking that I'm getting set up this weekend. We're gonna call everybody. I have some dope Facebook ads dropping when people get their voters pamphlets. Um, I have some ads dropping about how I'm a proactive candidate and your incumbent is not, All right. <laughs> you know, I have, I have some really cool ads dropping that people are going to see, and she's not going to do any of that because she doesn't think anybody's a threat. And that's basically what levels the playing field is that now people that are savvy know the internet can actually make some cool videos, put them on Facebook and have a strong message. You know that those type of candidates can win now. I mean, not that you know. Obviously, this is a horrible thing. A pandemic is not anything you would ever wish. But maybe it'll spur this movement. Maybe it'll get all these like younger, savvy, internet you know, internet-friendly candidates into office at the perfect time where we can actually get in and make a difference. That's the that's the best possible scenario. So we'll see. I could definitely get smashed, of course, just like yeah. normal. It could just be like a normal year. But you know what? I'm gonna come in a very strong second at the very least. I already can tell that from what we're seeing in just the data and the response that we're getting. Well,
0: enough that you'll get attention from the party and then they can absorb you and assimilate you and then start getting you the corporatist super pack money so that you can <laughs> live a lavish lifestyle so that you can then ignore the next little Elizabeth lesbian no. that's running around <laughs> me <promise> people money. <laughs>
1: No, 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 That's not what I want to do. I don't even want
3: to be
2: a politician. I want to get the policies passed and go home to my wife. So we got we got some super yeah. chats. Cody, want to hit them? To those that. And then I also you brought up something I want to take a look at in a second too. So really quickly, I want to give a shout out to Jay Watt. He said, uh, "Had to unjoin due to COVID. Once things get back, I'm. Once things get good going, I'm back, baby. Think Cardinal like my enthusiasm, even my favorite, Mister Oracle. Go Heidi, even though." i am in montana now oh hey i think we got people running ubi in montana yeah go for pick, yeah about go to for say. pick a state there's somebody running on ubi we're gonna make yeah. that happen one way or the other that'll, that'll be the end of this legacy we'll have one in all 50 states i don't know if anyone i guess technically oh no tulsi isn't running i mean, tulsi you go to hawaii right you got it in hawaii you got people running on ubi but i think tulsi said she's not running for office anymore anyway though health <laughs> center remember aoc came out of nowhere indeed and people in Oregon actually we read weirdly. That is true. So actually, Back. two things I want to touch on. Oh, sorry. First thing you brought up earlier that your website is better than uh, Mrs. Uh, Bonamici, and I I agree. Uh, I just pulled it up, and I definitely <laughs> agree. A big thing. Oh, I have to move it so you guys can see it. Uh, I do miss the bow tie I mean, though. I will say it was nice seeing this 2009 YouTube logo. I've not seen this YouTube logo and man a very long time so it was very nice seeing again so I thought that was funny but then uh, in a little bit more seriousness one thing I thought was really interesting and and kind of as he pointed out and it's what I've really 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 thought I've seen as something moving forward that could be interesting he brought up a let sure me the name. I always say I always forget people name. Jay Watt, thank you. Brought up the idea of AOC. Now, one thing AOC did win with was the assistance. Not the assistance of, but well, actually she won heavily with. But there was a group called Justice Democrats that was trying uh. to get progressive Democrats in office. But what I'm trying to say is, I definitely think that is what humanity forward I kind of envision being for. Like I said, Yangism isn't an actual policy platform to run on, but UBI I guess would be the thing. And I'm just wondering if you've had any contact with them yet, if they've reached out to you yet. Because you seem exactly like the kind of candidate that's like. I, that seems like, to me, the wheelhouse. They should be endorsing yeah. people like you running across the country. I'm wondering, have you heard from them yet, or what's going on with that?
1: Yeah, um, I've been pretty much very vocal <laughs> on Twitter about, like, Andrew, endorse me. What's the deal? Like, are you guys going to put out a questionnaire, you know, for Humanity Forward? Your number one priority says getting us into office. What's up, dude? So I've been, you know, pretty active in, you know, being the squeaky wheel. On that one. So, well, yeah, say. are they coming so,
0: through for you? Like, you were slaving away for the Yang campaign. You think that the
2: th- l- littlest he so can I do mean, is you throw you like an exactly endorsement like bone. The, that's exactly the kind of candidate I imagine they endorse. I'm yeah, like, Yeah, man. So, so, he hasn't come out for you is, yet? He hasn't come yeah. out swinging for you yet?
1: Well, what they did is, I mean, of course, he's like giving me some shout outs on Twitter, which is nice, but like, I need something official, obviously, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but uh, what they did is um, he retweeted that video that I made for the Yang gang and then. You know, his spokesperson, Eric Sanchez, was in, like, my DMs, and we were talking, and he was like, let me know what else we can do. And I'm like, dude, I need an official endorsement. But that's <laughs> what you can do. And then it was really funny because literally that night, they put out their questionnaire, and they put it on their website, like, apply here. And everybody was, like, running over there. You know, I was up, like, in the middle of the night, like, typing it up. Um, so I have applied, um, you know, for endorsement by Humanity Forward. I signed their pledge. Um so you know, and I told them, yo guys, like my primary's coming up, and if I win, there is no general. Like this this district hasn't been Republican since 1975.
3: Oh, it
0: languishes in sin. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I just keep
1: going. Yeah, but that means that if I win my primary, it's over. Like it's not like I'm not going into a general, like there there's no time to wait. You can't like endorse me during after the primary. I'm going to be like, "Cool, thanks." Like, would have been nice to
2: have your support. <laughs> exactly. And hey, you know what speaking of <laughs> though, much like AOC, once she won her primary, she basically won her district. So yes, yeah, I same. definitely really really hope they reach out to you cuz yeah, this is exactly the kind up, of race that they should be targeting. I'm calling up this
0: the this Army Murray or Amy Murray and Christopher Christensen. Army, yeah, that's the her re, name. The the Republicans Amy, running in Oregon first. I'm mean, being like, the Republican idea championed by Milton Friedman, passed by Nixon and by a Republican Senate in 1969 and then passed by the Alaskan pipeline oh. dividend governor in, in what was it, 72, is now getting commandeered by the Democrats. Like you guys need to freaking get your butt in line. They're yeah, sleeping. They're
1: sleeping. You guys they're are too sleeping on calling this. calling me a socialist somewhere and not, they're sleeping on it, but yeah.
0: Oh dude, that's Yeah But crazy, I don't man. know, because
2: that's what's just to get to the point. Because one thing. I just went for I definitely I I'm assuming I don't know. I always feel benefit for the doubt. Hopefully it's just the coronavirus stuff they're condemned. Cause yeah, definitely you should get endorsement for community because I think that's yeah, that's what the future of the, the you don't get you i mean you can try to get ubi passed just through the executive branch but ultimately you're going to need multiple people no. exactly yeah, you, no, need, you need everyone doing
1: it. Brand. exactly <laughs> and the, yeah, the easy way to start order that. ubi you know
2: like, yeah. Yeah. Well, i guess you could try but yeah, you probably can't do it <laughs> but that's what i mean this i think is the the future fundamentally i think is one of the reasons why i'm so it's so like it's, it's inspiring but it's so awesome to see so many people running on this is because like yeah that's how it's going to get done i think uh uh, cardin brought it up earlier i know it's kind of it maybe not been the best thing and be kind of goofy but yeah when the tea party people did shut down the government in 2013 it led to a few years later trump getting elected and doing a lot of stuff they wanted to do and i think this is how we need to start getting people in right now on ubi who are willing imagine that imagine we shut the government down over ubi during a relief thing something like that For there was the, the base in now right so I think this is the future of where you started. and I don't know. I, I really, I really, definitely it's one of the reasons why I definitely want to have you on. I wanted you to talk because I definitely want to see people like you went all across the country because that's how we're gonna start doing this. We need to start with getting a few people in office and a few key parts to start, you know, raising some hell and making some noise about you UBI getting passed. Because I mean, right now we've seen. I think it's um, Tim Ryan and a few others have proposed a short-term, two thousand dollar UBI for people who make less than I think like one hundred twenty-five thousand a year. To last over the course of um, over the course of this pandemic, which uh, two things? One, uh, I was walking by and he was actually on Fox News getting interviewed about that. So it means already we've seen UBI something they just discuss openly on the news now. Yeah,
3: everywhere.
2: How much of that I think is going to really help people like you? And you was picking up all across the country when it goes to the ballot. The biggest thing to me is have you noticed a change? And I've done this myself a lot. I will just say UBI to somebody, assuming they, of course, know that stands for Universal (laughs) Basic Income. Have you noticed, though, any change in the short term of being able to say UBI to strangers and have them recognize what that means more? Because I've noticed a little bit of, it used to be, I would say, oh, people would ask me, who's Andrew Yang? He's the guy supporting UBI. And they'd go, oh, cool. What's UBI? (laughs) I'm just wondering if you've noticed that just speaking to people in general, if that, that profile has been raised in your experience
1: yeah absolutely i mean literally like the text that i send out mass to like everybody in the district is like hey i'm heidi Brunis. i'm running on universal basic income and universal health care and reforming our democracy we you know do you support me and they're like yes like and it's like it's right there you know so people definitely know what it is and know about it Um, as far as ubi um yeah it depends i mean i guess not everybody knows the shortened version of it but i think if you say universal basic income um people people get it or if they don't you know like uh, i mean honestly if they're a progressive to be honest they're kind of like cool with it like they're not like against it like they might have some you know they're like might be scared of certain things like uh oh no is it going to get rid of welfare programs or you know that's the same uh arguments but i haven't run into anybody really um as far as democrats uh, that you know super Unfamiliar with the term, or that hate it, or that anything. So yeah, I've definitely seen that that shift just from the conversations that I've been having. Very
2: cool. cool. Okay, then just the last few things here. I won't take all your night. Out. I don't know if you want, if you want to throwing it longer. Please feel free, but I won't take all night up. But one thing we have to our super chat from Emily Kingsley, by the way, shout out saying I just donated and followed Heidi on Instagram. So very Whoa. cool. And then, yeah, yeah, Emily, I will definitely thank you so much.
1: To- That's amazing.
2: Of course, yeah, and all have you link in the in the description people can find you. And then also, um, from Jay Watt says, uh, what does Heidi disagree with AOC on? She gets viral uh, all the how would you and Heidi stand out from her? So I guess it's one question. How, yeah. is there anything you disagree with her on? And then is there anything you see from kind of her viral pay, playbook that you can maybe take? I think is what he's asking.
1: Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of um, similarities between us, kind of in our, our story, um, you know, the the epic, you know, David versus Goliath win, taking down an incumbent, being in a solid democratic district. Um, and I told Scott Santens when I met him in Portland, I was like, I wanna be <laughs> like what AOC was to Medicare for All, Heidi Briones is to UBI, you know? So in that sense, like, Definitely. What do I disagree with her on? I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, I think that she misses the mark on, on certain things. Uh, She's a lot more partisan. Green New Deal. um,
0: Taking over all homes. Green New Deal. (laughs) (laughs) Taking (laughs) over all homes. Um, I'm not not a fan of federal
1: jobs guarantee um, in the way that they are. And, you know, I, I I was okay with the, the earlier instances of the Green New Deal that focused on a UBI. There actually was some early, proposals that had UBI built in there. But I think it makes absolutely no sense um, to have federal jobs guarantee and Green New Deal without universal basic income. I just think that you're trying to propose a 1940s policy, uh, you know, in 2020. Um, So I think that, you know, uh, they're just a little bit too much on the ideology side. And I'm a bit more of a pragmatist. Um, Yeah, because at
0: the end of the day, it's not a Green New Deal about environmentalism. If it's dictating how we pay our citizens Their economic income like environmental legislation should be environmental legislation. Like, hey, let's keep less than five parts per million of mercury out of the drinking water. Not. Oh, hey, let's introduce a federal jobs guarantee. Everybody
1: get to work like like because then words no
0: words no longer have any meaning like they honestly if environment pieces of environmental legislation have tacked into them. You know, a bunch of economic mandates about how we pay our citizens and convert our entire economic system into basically centrally planned socialism, a la 1920s, uh, you know, uh, Prussia and Russia. Then, then it's no longer uh, uh, green anything. It, it's 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 uh, it, it's it's an economic bill, not an environmental bill. And uh, so, anyway, we right. got a couple other super chats here, and then guys, we got like five more minutes left with Heidi here. So, any other questions you got for? Hammer them out. Any super chats you want to get out of your system, just throw them our way. Let us know what you got some questions for. We Jay- can
1: keep going if you guys want to a little
0: bit. We can. Cool, cool. Well, I, I also do have to. I promise. You got to go. Wife, okay,
1: Cardin uh, actually I has to go. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: um, so anyway, uh, Jay Watt says, Cody, you're my fave. Sorry, Cardin. Dude, this is twice, Jay Watt, <gasps> that you have expressed that Cody wow. is your favorite. I don't know, um I don't know if you're trying to say something here, dog, but you know, I'm just kidding.
2: Hey, feel <laughs> free to share your opinions on this channel. Unpopular, yeah. popular, <laughs> popular, don't worry about it, man. Just <laughs> share them whatever you're feeling right now. We
1: wanna hear it. Just share. Pro Cody or Cardin for pull up.
0: Yeah, I'm almost that's that's I can I can tell you right now, that is a community post poll that I will probably never post because I fear the answers. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? I absolutely fear the Let's answers. Get some ones in the chat. <laughs> can we get some ones in the chat? So um see the only problem is is us elder millennials and boomers. Like we'll be like, ones in the chat, why? <laughs> you know what I'd that'll be a disproportionate representation of the younger part of our uh, audience, Cody. So um, okay, cool. My uh my last question for you here. Is I've already asked you what's keeping you from just getting squashed? Um, asked you if you've been noticing that there's been a huge leveling of the playing field with coronavirus and 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 so on and so forth, and and the third is what like obviously this came from a good place. You know, I, I love how Ronald Reagan said, "I never felt like a politician who was running for office. I felt like a citizen." Who wanted to help his people So I always viewed myself not as a politician But as a citizen politician Okay Um, Do you notice that there is Like Do you feel there's actually a real path for you? You know like when you're going out there And you're talking with these people Are there any measurable quantifiers That give you kind of a a specific hope? Because coronavirus is going to be so weird You know, without having polling places that are physical, you know, usually, at least in California, for example, we know that, okay, only 40 percent of the people vote on Election Day. And generally it's the Democrats that show up first. You know what I'm saying? And then the conservatives show up after they come home from work, you know, and there's at least some predictability that kind of makes you think like, oh, okay, they're only 10 percent ahead. Oh, that's fine, because we usually shift 15 percent, you know, like and, and there's all of this. Apocryphal lore that exists in every district that 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 supposedly claims to be able to add predictability to the system. But is there anything that you've seen that has made you think like, wow, like I really have a shot of doing a huge upset here Um, because without any of the usual events. Like, you know, Ronald Reagan famously got super famous and his star rose with his great speech at the RNC. And Barack Obama famously had his awesome speech at the DNC. You know what I'm saying? And there's all these kind of events that people can go to in which if their star rises, they they, they gain a lot of famosity and um, so on and so forth. Is there anything you have seen that's like a measurable quantifier that that really puts a fire in your belly and makes you think, boom, you know, like we are really actually pulling off a of David and Goliath here.
1: Yeah, um, there's a couple things. I mean, first of all, coronavirus is an advantage for a state that's already had mail in <laughs> voting set up um, and, you know, they're predicting a higher turnout than normal and people filling out their ballots even sooner um, than normal. So there's not going to be any disruption of our democracy. So that's definitely a good thing, and it's going to make it really easy for, you know, people to do what they would normally do and probably, yeah, higher percentages. So there's that. Um, The measurable quantifiers have been uh, the Facebook ads. Um, I'm not exactly an expert there, but the percentages that we were seeing of people um, actually doing the call to action that we had were you know, twice what the person working on it has normally seen. Oh, cool. So normally they were seeing about two you know, to 3% on other campaigns they'd worked on and we were seeing more like five to six. So okay. they thought that was extremely high from what they've seen. That was quantifiable. Um, the other quantifiable thing was responses from text banking. I have a lot of experienced text bankers that have worked on other campaigns, other UBI campaigns in California. And they were saying they weren't meeting nearly as much, um, you know, no's and people were supporting the incumbent. A lot of people were way more open and wanted to have long conversations with them about me and who I was. So that's a quantifiable thing that we have. We have the data on that. Um, we have the amount of people that had said yes to put a freaking yard sign that says my name. Um, On their lawn after just talking to a text banker a little bit or seeing my website or watching a video on YouTube Wow Uh, We've had quite a bit of those going up and I've delivered them by hand um, With a mask on and everything it's super fun And had people come out very excited to see me and like actually put it right on their lawn right in front of me Uh, So we've seen we have some real quantifiable measures that it could be a large upset Dude I'll phone bank
0: for you I'll call all the Republicans and I'll be like, Look, <laughs> that dude, <won't> help. <laughs> look, this is a this is a blue this is a blue district. Look, we all know just one election. At least get the UBI chick. You gotta throw the UBI check in there. <laughs> is it a closed primary in
2: Oregon or is it open primary?
0: No, she close. said that it's a. That's
1: closed. Yeah. It's oh, traditional it's, know, closed
0: primary. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you have to be a Democrat to be yeah, able to so vote So perhaps for the it would be, indeed, more, a little bit better to reach out to Democrats. Okay, than, fine. <laughs> Dang it. I got, Fine, I'll be, like, but, but just to point, I'll be like, look, I, I you made a mistake was, registering yeah. for Democrat, and you've been voting wrong your entire life, but now you have a chance to make You're good re, by voting for Heidi Briones. You know what I'm change saying? Your yeah,
1: right I'll be right. yeah, you change your registration right <laughs> now. Yeah,
0: you could change your registration after this phone call, but make sure you vote for Heidi first. Hey, I guess I guess if you get a <laughs> if
2: you get a thousand people to, to register Democrat, and that's, that's a pretty strong pitch hey, uh, I got a thousand people
3: to register.
1: Yeah, so, but I need a lot more than that to win. So but yeah, so okay. that's not where I have to focus. I gotta I gotta win Democrats
2: over. <laughs> exactly. But one thing I thought was cool you brought up earlier, and I think it was funny. Um you like to bring the cardin brings this up a lot. What is it? It's, uh, it's the Bane quote from Batman. But I think oh, in yeah. the, as we move on f- Further and further now down this like just the pandemic and i think just as elections are going where it's moving online i definitely think people coming from this kind of yang genesis uh, in sports they'll call them coaching trees right you'll have like one head coach and his assistant becomes a head coach and then eventually all these people are head coaches i think this one decision you brought up is that a lot of us kind of you know it's like you know a lot of these politicians will be merely adopting the internet but a lot of us like we've come from this like campaigning uh, text banking yeah. from across the country <laughs> yeah. people, phone banking like, this is all stuff we've done from the beginning this is what people are more comfortable doing i don't even really I think uh, just to your point that is kind of One thing that empowers a lot of people coming from This is that's it's funny it's like Yeah walking in and shaking hands with strangers As like a as a um, volunteer People might be weird but yeah If I could just text them from my computer I'm cool Doing that I'll do that even if I live in Kentucky or Washington or wherever I live Right
1: yeah so I thought that's that's definitely what I've been Seeing and Yang Gang has been awesome (laughs) I mean you know everything's been tough With coronavirus but I have raised like $15,000 average Donation $23 so that's pretty cool. That's, um, hey dude, and that's been, awesome. You know, Yang Powered, Yang Gang Powered. Um, they've been all my volunteers. I mean, I've probably got like 100 <laughs> Yang Gang volunteers, which is crazy. So it's amazing. Um, it feels good to keep the movement going. And everybody feels really good about helping me and makes them feel positive And it makes them feel you know better about things.
0: Cool. So Captain Kel Diggs says, hashtag Team Cardin. LOL, Cody won't play WoW with me anymore. Oh, so, ooh, that's that's an
2: ouch. That's an all ouch. I, I, we're talking. I'll come back to I'll come back to classic once the BC expansion hits. Okay, uh, Jaywalk
0: continues saying, "Carden, I love you too. I'm just a parent that loves one child a little bit more." Hey, as long as you don't say it, as long as you don't say it in the presence of the other kid, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Then it's okay. And then James Abrams gives us a, a a hippo, little dance in animation that says V for victory. I assume an awesome shout out for victory. Uh, for Heidi. We got another super chat. Thank you again Jay Watt for if it makes you feel better Cardin, You're the main reason I became an independent even more so than a Yang. Oh Jay Watt. Oh my heart soars. My heart moving soars. Moving on though. I like this
2: is interesting. You get this one Cardin. And then you want to read it? You seem to like it. Oh, you can Oh god read it. I guess now I guess now I have to read it. Oh god no. <laughs> um, But um, Rebug Custom FX says how does Heidi feel about Andrew endorsing Biden and do you think Biden can beat Trump if he doesn't adopt any of the more progressive policies? I think it's that interesting
1: um yeah i was not a huge fan of it (laughs) i gotta (laughs) admit (laughs) i'm not a huge biden fan um so not really into him um before coronavirus i would have said biden's gonna get completely demolished um i think that with coronavirus it's a little bit of a different situation i actually think it's going to be very close because you had all these pivot counties that went obama to trump And then uh, Trump did some things that they didn't really like, like there was some food stamp reduction and certain things. And you could definitely see those counties pivot back because a lot of those people voted Obama and went to Trump. And you could definitely see them go Biden because they will associate that as like going back to, you know, the original policies from before that they supported. So I think that's going to be extremely close. It's going to actually be a very interesting election now. With us being in a state of emergency, possibly all the way until November, we don't actually know what the situation is going to be like. But with the economy on a downturn, it's not really good to be um, a sitting president with the economy going down rapidly. That's not really a good situation to be in. And exactly. that's usually when um, they do lose historically is during um, you know, national emergencies or economic crises. So I think it's going to be very tough. It's going to be very close. I'm not a huge fan of either of them. Um, <laughs> Life preference if it for wasn't Biden, Biden but right?
2: Know. But imagine if like the Democrats had picked like uh, well Yang, of course, right? But imagine if there was like a Democratic candidate that wasn't like oh God, but it's Joe Biden. Like he'd be looking very bright for them right about now. But if, really like there's just, really like, the, There's like the by the way, I want to also get to this. Uh, oh, our friend Ducky Hodges said hi. you all was sick for almost two weeks, but hospital... Hospitals in Chicago didn't want to test me because I wasn't sick enough. That sucks, man. But yeah, he says, "Welcome to socialized he says, healthcare." I am back no. now. Love you, Heidi. So there we go. Thank it. you so much. I know it's funny. Some states have a different uh, different takes on that. Some are like, uh, I guess some take like the public school method of like we get paid per head, so they're like everyone's sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have everyone. And then others are like, no, we want to just test people that are in the other end. It's I don't know. It's one of the weird things. It's one of the things about living in the United States, where we have basically fifty. Nation states, according to Gavin Newsom, our great governor here. Uh, so now let, let's move everybody rise up. Is there any other just um, last things uh, aside from... We talked about Joe Biden. We talked about Cascadia. We talked about the internet. But anything we can talk about that you definitely want to just kind of... Um, I don't know. The, the floor is yours, I guess, so to speak, here at the very end. Yeah, is there anything that you ever
0: like feel people never... You never have a chance to say? Yeah. Like, I've I've helped people... Run campaigns before any and, and underrated
2: animes, any. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, actually, I do have one question before the deep one so you can think about it is a part of your campaign in Oregon to get rid of that infernal 55 mile per hour state speed limit.
1: Well, I wish. I mean, I'm not running for...
0: Visiting my family. Yeah, you're right. No, but you got to apply some pressure. I can't stand visiting my family in Oregon because it takes more time to get from the border of California to Oregon going 55 miles per hour than it does going up the five and breezing from Redding. Not Redding. It's uh,
1: ridiculous. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But I couldn't even get them to put up a crosswalk like where I live. Like we have like a park literally right across from where I live. And no crosswalk like there's not a cro- you would have to walk like basically like a quarter mile up this way to get to a crosswalk and you have a beautiful park right in front of you and there's tons of apartment complexes and i wrote to the city i'm like dude can you guys put a crosswalk and they wrote me this like dissertation back on the study that they did that proved that they did not need to put a crosswalk up and i was like oh my god you guys are so lost how much did it cost you to do that freaking study? Yeah. Like, like you could have just painted the lines. and like, we could have all moved on and walked across the street. So but are you um,
0: suggesting that big government is often a failure, especially in a localized format? Uh, libertarians yeah. for Heidi Briones right here. She's, yeah. she's converted. Um, okay. We got a couple more super chats. Hashtag team Heidi. So, thanks PSP yeah. for providing Go a platform. Ahead. Uh, and then Jay Watt also says, I'll be sure to tweet my signed PSP hat. Once I get my stuff shipped from Oregon to Montana. Yeah. I was that guy, LOL. So it looks like you got a fellow Oregonian going to uh, Montana. And then you were going to say, is there anything that you feel that you never actually get to like communicate that gets lost in the process? What is that?
1: Uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, one thing that's kind of cool is I did a podcast with the young Republicans of Oregon, which was really fun. Cool. And, uh, I was on that and we talked about, working together and bipartisanship. And um, at the end of the conversation, we started talking about like legalizing drugs and things like that. And she was like, well, I really agree with you there. It almost sounds like you're kind of libertarian. And I'm like, well, that's probably because I am. <laughs> so, like, I'm like, I'm a left libertarian. Yeah. Um, so I wish that, you know, more people understood that, you know, you can actually be a left libertarian. You know, you can actually be for personal freedom and you know smaller government and things that make more sense less red tape less bureaucracy and still you know be on the left and that's where we can find commonality so i wish that more people understood um you know that kind of place that we could find commonality with the right and the left and we don't have to have these you know false <laughs> false dichotomies anymore where it's like ah you're a socialist and you're a fascist or you're this and that um we just really need to find where our commonalities are and i think that um, me being a left libertarian, that's something that, you know, Gang was, in my opinion. I think that he was a left libertarian, and I've been waiting for that candidate my whole life. And this is our time. If you feel like you're kind of on the left, but you're also kind of a libertarian, um, I think that this is our time, and we could be that Tea Party-esque movement. So I think that uh, this is a great moment in history, and I wish more people realized, like, how important it is and how we can actually get these type of policies done.
0: All right, Cody, who was that guy that gave the epic barn-burning speech from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange calling for a tea
2: party? Who was that again? It was the Chicago? Rick Santelli? Exactly. Rick Santelli. That's what we need. We need a non-cringe tea party from the Democratic side. I think that's what we need. Was Heidi Brione's talk right now
0: on Problem Solver (laughs) Politics as she drank a Red Bull? I saw that Red Bull. Sugar-free, sugar-free. So so as she drank the sugar-free Red Bull calling for bipartisanship – from the UBI caucus, is that our Rick Santelli? Was it? Who was it? Santinelli?
2: Someone in chat's gonna be yeah. like, "Yeah, was idiot that her Santinelli no. or something?" Yeah. Really? So that
0: was that was that her Santinelli speech? Hey, time will tell. So to speak. Right? Time, time will right. tell. Okay. Cool. It so, could so
1: have happened right here. Yeah. So it could have happened right, right
0: here. here. So anyway. Um, this has been totally awesome. Thank you, Heidi, for hanging out with us. Yeah,
1: thank you guys for having um, me. This was a dream. I love it.
0: Yeah, you stay on. Don't hang up, because as soon as we stop the live stream, we're still going to talk well, to you. Also, hold on, though, for yeah we,
2: Please, I'll post the link in the description. Yeah, let people know where to find you, uh, where to get yeah. you on Twitter. You ver- By the way, you are the second, only the second verified Twitter guest we have ever had in the show, so...
1: Hey. You. Make sure you, mind people you,
2: gotta, you have to carry that to you forever Make sure your obituary says verified on Twitter 100 Absolutely. years from I now. had to hustle
1: butt to do it And it was like two days before Twitter decided They weren't verifying political candidates anymore For oh, like wow. whenever So I like I, I figured out how to do it And I did it real quick And they actually verified me It was, it was pretty awesome
2: Hey, got Please go to, to
1: Heidi2020.com It actually redirects to my new website now But you can still use it You can go to Heidi2020.com um, you can check out my policies, my videos, my other interviews. Uh, donate if you feel inclined. Um, if you can't donate and you've got a little bit of time, um, you can always sign up for text banking or phone banking. And we'd love to have you. Happy to, you know, talk to anybody on Twitter too. Definitely follow me there. I'm super active. Um, and if you follow me and then you're active with my posts, then I'll definitely follow you back and, you know, we can DM and chat about whatever you'd like. So totally open.
0: Alright, awesome uh we're going to provide links to all of this in the description thanks everybody for hanging out this is problem solver politics we will see you guys in the next video boom all right i think thanks. that went well
2: yes
1: that was a lot nice of fun week. that was I awesome
0: dude awesome oh yes, thank gosh. you for hanging
1: out with us yeah no that was awesome that that was a dream i'm telling you like i was one of your first follower fans like you know whenever something new would come out i'd be on it yeah. and